G'day, mate. This is Walleye Talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. <laughs> Not Australian at all. Crikey. <laughs> uh, um... <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> this will work. This is going to be fine. Do they have Xander at least in Australia? Sure. No, they don't have Xander in Australia. Dude, I had a buddy, my the best man my wedding, Luke DeGrude. He used to go, we'd go out to the bars when we were in college, and he would spend the entire time at the bar using an Australian accent. Was he really good at it? Really good at it. <laughs> and he would use, you know, he'd have like, an, it was like his alter ego. And he, nice. a couple hours in the same bar, and this dude would have his same, this persona going. Wow. Yeah. And nobody'd call him out or anything? Nope. I mean, we, we were sort of used to it. And usually, <laughs> when he was in the mood to be his Australian version... He was in a real fun mood to be around. Like, <laughs> this is going to be a good night. <laughs> so let's not disrupt it. Mm. Middle of July walleye talk episode. Um, Dealing with some warm water. Warm water for sure. And slowing, slowing down walleye fishing. I feel like we'll have some real good examples of exactly what is going on. But just yeah. to give you a, a quick glimpse at the episode, we've got one listener question which i think is a uh, it should be a short one but it, sometimes we get a little fired up about this particular topic <laughs> <laughs> um, then we'll do a week in review uh we're gonna look at the nickel and dime approach to walleye fishing this time of year uh we're gonna look into next week uh and, and this week and see what we're thinking for fishing and then uh we got another saw guy series yeah, wilbur's up for a saw guy series and then we're out of here it's interesting, there's weather coming in right now, yeah. and I can't help but have a bit of a sense of urgency, like, with whatever I'm doing right now, I just feel like I need to get it done real quick, <laughs> including the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> let's hear from Border Doc. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long, Porta-Doc.com, Porta-Doc.com. Find your local Porta Doc dealer today. Porta-Doc.com. We had a listener question from a guy named Mike. He called he called himself Mike from Colorado. And he asked me uh, if I wasn't a guide, would I still drive a tiller? Or would I be in a wheel boat? So I, I'll put that to you first. If you were just a fisherman, just a guy who liked to go fishing. Would you be in a wheel boat? Well, I guess to answer that question, you'd have to look at what your priorities are. Um, if your priorities are truly to go fishing, or if your priority is to, you know, go out, do leisure boating, you know, do the boating thing where you're pulling tubes and stuff, and how often you do those activities. Um, for me, we all know the answer to this. We all know what I'm going to say. <laughs> you should have a fiberglass tiller. <laughs> Uh, if, if, if you don't care about tubing, I, so personally, me care 0% about tubing. Uh, don't want to do it. Don't want to do it in my boat. So I have a tiller, uh, forget the guide aspect. I want a fiberglass tiller, fiberglass. It is a little heavier, but it rides a lot better. Generally sprays way better. Uh, it doesn't go as fast, but you don't need to go as fast because we're just fishing walleyes. Mm-hmm. Boat control is key. You can control the boat a lot better going backwards than forwards. Even going forwards in a tiller boat, you still control it a lot better uh, than you do a council boat. Uh, it's all about perspective. You gain feet from where you see your transducer mm-hmm. uh, going backwards. So, um, anyway, fiberglass tiller. That's what I would say. It doesn't need to be a warrior. I would prefer you to have a warrior. Everyone should have a warrior. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say tiller all the way. I don't care what size lake you're on. You should have a fiberglass tiller. How about you, Daniel? Yeah, I I think uh, it took me a while to process and figure out what would my motivation be any different, and I don't think it would be. Like, if I wasn't guiding, I still have my approach to fishing is that I want to be really proficient and good at catching walleyes, whether or not that's for a job or for my free time feel like we share that that perspective with a lot of our listeners doesn't matter if you're I think the the way a weekend guy approaches a uh, their couple days up here 
should be about the same as you and I approach our our time. Our, our guide trips. Yeah. We want to get out there. We want to catch them. Right. And we want to do it efficiently and quickly. Right. So for me... How I'm can in, we do that the fastest and most efficient? Yep. And that's the boat I'm in right now. I, I'd, I'd like to stay in this boat for for the rest of my career. And I think if I was just a guy fishing, I'd still be in the same boat. Um, well, you ran a council boat for a number yeah, of years. Yep. Um, but it was like my first boat. I felt like I was so new at it that I'd, I couldn't didn't, be picky. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I, I liked that boat fine, but it's a lot easier doing what we try to do, regardless of it being our profession. Uh, out of our boats right I, I have lots of good uh, I know a lot of good fishermen who fish out of a wheel boat so it's not I think it is just personal preference and then the only other thing like but besides it being personal preference is those guys are just totally okay being 100% wrong with the boat they buy <laughs> <laughs> investing, a, I not, investing I a tremendous amount of money and then just purchasing the wrong boat is all which right. is fine they seem to come to terms with it <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was cold that was cold yeah we haven't taken a shot at wheelboat guys in a while okay so let's okay this is a great this is a great time opportunity for us to really take a good jab at the Pikedale folks. Oh gosh. Okay. Just Skeeter Nation. Skeeter over there. Nation. It's gotta be a Skeeter. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those guys over there, they run twenty foot skeeters, council boats. Yep. And if you look at Carl's track record, he's owned one for roughly one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I bet he just had his one-year anniversary. Right. He bonus. runs a council, big council boat. And look at it. He, I mean, sure, they caught the biggest walleye in the Bonanza history. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's fluky. Right? right. That wasn't the council boat. That was just a fluke. <laughs> but, you know, he's cracked it, you know, mm-hmm. which that's got to hurt his ego a bunch. Mm-hmm. Right? And we've never cracked, our warriors have never cracked hulls. Nope. Never nope. once. Not a single time. Rides a lot smoother. He goes faster. That's fine. He just needs more time to catch them. Right. He drives right past a lot of them, too. See, that's, all, that's what we were saying about the efficiency. Right? Yeah. We're more efficient. We don't need to get there as fast because we're more efficient once we get there. Right. Um, but, you know, if you're going to catch 50 walleyes, it's not going to be jigging. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a more incorrect statement Ever. He had a day off. God, I hope I didn't tell the story already, but he had a day off, and uh, I, his day off is Tuesday, so I talked to him Monday, and he's like, goal is 35 tomorrow. I'm going to try to catch 35. I was like, oof man. That's, That's a lofty. Lofty, lofty goal. So I get there on Wednesday, and uh, I'm like, how was the day off? He's like, 51. Cut, no, 49. We caught 49. I'm like, jeez, dude. You caught 49 walleyes? We got 49. And then I was like, wow, where, what were you doing? He's like, oh, we caught them a bunch of different ways. And then he just was off on a ramble. And pretty soon I find out that, like, 30 of the 49 were perch. And then another big chunk were pike. And I think he caught six or seven walleyes fishing from sunrise to sunset. Like, okay, dude. We got different... We got different numbers that matter. Are you counting the three-inch perch that ate your spinner? I think he is. Yes. If yeah. <laughs> so then, just to one-up him, I took him out. Uh, I took the McCollum kids out yesterday, and we caught fifty-one. <laughs> so we got him by a couple in a half day. We only fished four hours. Oh caught man. 51. Well, that's just skeeter. That's just councils versus tillers. Man. Right. Right. Uh, how was your week? Uh, it was a good week. Uh, spent a co- I spent a day on leech, walleye fishing. You were out there. Uh, caught. We did pretty well considering the conditions. It was. It started out raining like crazy. <laughs> uh, had a pretty. It was flat, but it was wet. Uh, boat ride to where we went. Uh, lost a bunch of fish again, and I don't. I I just have a hard time understanding why. I'm losing fish on spinners, 
Um, but I, I have been, and I, it's driving me nuts. But caught some fish there. Um, then the wind really kicked up, and I wanted to go out to the main lake, but these guys were kind of green, and they didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't think it was right to take them out to, to the real big, big water. So we went and ducked around the island and fished some spots that I generally don't fish this time of year. Mm-hmm. And there was fish there, which was real surprising to me. But, you know, it, it was taking the best out of a bad situation because it was stinking blowing. Yeah. I had a hard time getting back to the harbor because sure. it was blowing so hard north to south. Um, and it was, you know, we ended up with a good day, kept five nice fish and threw back some little or some bigger ones and some littler ones and caught some smallmouth and it was a fun day. Uh, next day we went out fishing muskies. Uh, didn't end up catching one. Had one to eat by the boat that we just we just missed. Um, the water had cooled off after that rain because we'd got a storm the next that night too. Oh, it was wild too. There was trees down and stuff at the resort. And sure. The sailboat was tipped over. It was, was, like, that, was that the same crew you took musky fishing the next day? Yep, gotcha. same crew. Gotcha. But we had a we had a fun time. It was still blowing. Whew. I got real <laughs> wet on the way home. <laughs> but that was fun. You know, it's 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 not so bad getting wet when it's seventy six degree water. You know. Uh, and then I had a fish catching trip yesterday, and boy, did we ever. <laughs> I went through like two scoops of fatheads and a dozen goldies and two dozen nightcrawlers, three dozen nightcrawlers. Jeez. It was wild. We caught them. <laughs> but how was your week? Um, okay. I had a couple, one one rough one that burnt me, that, you know, pretty bad, I think. I the weather get you? Well, yeah, but I mean, we've had a lot of those days. It was just July catching oh. up to me. Okay, yeah. yeah. That one's so hit or miss. Yeah. Uh, Will's talking about the lake I chose. I, that lake had done real well for me under very similar conditions just the week prior, uh, relatively speaking, you know, uh, like seven fish morning or seven or eight fish morning. And uh, it, I, then this, this day, same conditions a week ahead, um, and I can, could not get one to bite. No walleyes. Zero walleyes. It happens to everybody. Yeah. And my customers were very understanding. They were actually like my second or third customers ever. So back in 2012 or 2013 when I started, they were my second or third customers. And we caught like six fish in June on leech. And I was like real happy and they were real happy, you know. So things have changed. But I was excited to like show them how much better I was eight (laughs) years later. Didn't happen. But, uh, yeah, good reminder. The last thing we talked about at that episode was me going, like, maybe I don't have to stop fishing walleyes and start mixing in panfish trips, and it was, I probably should. Well, I don't know. You just, it's all about gut feeling and customers, too, you know? Yeah, they, they had no interest in anything besides walleyes, you know. So we fish, we fish the weeds, and caught some fish in there but uh they weren't much interested in anything but walleyes a uh, bit of a bummer but uh time you're of year. gonna have them yep you're gonna have them and then uh, i had a couple okay days couple um one day in particular where it felt the same and it was actually on a lake that it was on woman which woman can really get me this time of year um and the first couple hours of the trip we hadn't caught a fish and once again it was a walleye or die deal and uh, then I, I don't pull spinners out there very much, but I, I switched and pulled some spinners on a couple good schools of fish, and they wanted they wanted to eat a spinner. So that one sort of saved the day. Um, walleye fishing is slowing down. The water is tremendously warm, and it's been tremendously warm for a while, which I, I think is going to be a defining part of this summer because I don't know if it's going to drop. Hopefully... It doesn't seem to be moving much, even when we get a cool, a cool night, night yep. which tells me that it, like the core is warm, you know, right. that it's warm for a long way down. Um, hopefully it, that changes, but it, it's you know, 70 degrees. If we get, if we get a good degrees. rain, like tonight could be it, where yeah. we get a really good rain and it chills it, you know? Yeah. You know, cools it off a good five, five degrees. I, I think everybody needs that. Fish need that. We, we need, need the that. water anyway. Yeah. Um, but if we get, you know, two, three good inches of rain overnight, 
That could be just what it is. We've only got 73 for the high tomorrow. so That would be good. Yeah, it could potentially, potentially cool us off. I, I was talking with my customer today about this. Uh, like, whitefish die-offs. Tulipy die-offs are a pretty natural, common, somewhat common occurrence. Like, they, it's nothing that we're doing wrong, necessarily. But uh, people are concerned about the whitefish long-term, their yeah. health. And so while the die-offs in the past maybe weren't a big deal long-term, there's, like, there's the potential, right, to, to lose a good chunk of your tulabies and right. not get them back. Right. Ever, maybe, with, with, a, with a changing, with changing climate, with right. warmer water. Yeah, and you're talking about with the, we've got invasive. We're talking, I think you're talking about leech specifically, right? Yeah. And so now you introduce zebra mussels. So that's going to cl- clear up the water in a shallower lake, you know, on the main basin. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about if you, if you clear up the water so you can see in that 30 feet of water, they don't have places to live where it's cool. Right. They don't. Right. So now what? I don't know, man. I think I, I don't want to do the doomsday thing, but, but it's just something to keep in mind that. It's very realistic to, to see that, though. Yeah. And. Tulabies are pretty darn important. Mm-hmm. Behind perch, they're probably the one I care about the most for, for a forage base, you know. Um, and it's not like you're not going to have a walleye population if you don't have tulabies, but you're not going to have a bunch of big walleyes right. without tulabies. Right. Or pike or muskies. Especially pike and muskies. Yeah. That's their, that is their 10 months out of your forage base for the big ones. Yeah. This way it is. Yep. We'll have to start eating muskrats or something. <laughs> Musky that just hunts muskrats. <laughs> little little dogs. <laughs> God damn. Way to well, take that too far. No, I, I kind of stand behind no. it. I like lab-sized dogs. <laughs> little ones. The little nippers. If they go for a swim and they get bit, I mean, it's sort of on, on them. Come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. It's oh, just how man. I feel. All right, I can't help how you feel. Crappies are starting, but not super great for me on uh, the bigger lakes, I would say. The, I fished a small one yesterday, and we caught a pile, and then you were on a relatively small one. I assume that's the way things work, don't you think? Uh, probably. Less distance to travel to right. go to these areas. And once again, that, that's like you and I do it when it's convenient to do it, when, when, like for our pattern. Right. Oh yeah, we're not die. It's not at like all. we can. We have a good, good bead on exactly where your crappies are. Oh yeah, let me tell you where these paper mouths are. <laughs> no, no, we're not like that at all. Fifteenth to twentieth of June, you're gonna see them push back in shallow. They're gonna push back into three feet of water. <laughs> no, not at all. We go when they're gonna be mixed in with other cool fish that we want to catch too. Yeah. Uh, I bet there's a lot of crappie or die kind of people. Oh, for sure. In in a lot of states, that's if I lived in Missouri, that's probably what I would be. Especially right. Well, unless you're on like Table Rock or something, you'd right. be, you'd be catching walleyes like crazy. Yeah. You'd be the only one down there with chicken wraps. That's maybe true. That'd be super true. Look me up in 2022, uh, February and March. I'm going to be on Table Rock <laughs> Lake. If you're on a guide trip. That's where I'm going to be. Um, Tell me how the jig and the minnow bites is down there. <laughs> That'd be the real deciding factor if I'm going to go down there and visit you. Um, lots of, well, yeah, that, that was my week. A little bit of pan fishing, mostly walleye fishing, mixed results walleye fishing. What's your main way of catching them right now? Um, you touched on the spinners. Is that how you're getting most of them? No, it depend, depends so much on the lake in the day. Like the lake I was on this morning, I... The last time I did well out there, it was big minnows. Didn't get. I, I had one bite on a big minnow today. They wanted a. They wanted a rigged night crawler, and hit one with a jig wrap. That's another thing to keep in mind that if you hit them, that that doesn't. They don't mean, want it. They don't want it. And I made that mistake. I, I fished jig wraps on like three other spots after we hit one in the tail, essentially, thinking like, oh. There's... You think that shuts down your school then? If you're, if you're casting those around and you're bumping fish? I, I've thought that in the past. These fish held tight. So in, when I've thought that in the past, the schools move on me. Yeah, or they're up high and sink down. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I've seen it where like, it almost looks like they sink right, like they'll be up high. You throw one of those down there, 
if they don't eat it right away, they'll just that whole school will just go right to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me mad. <laughs> just eat it, you stupid walleye. <laughs> um. Uh, another big thing that happened this week that we wanted to talk about was there. There were two aim tournaments on Leech Lake, um, big ones. One hundred and two boats, I think, for both Full. days. Yeah, yep. full field, tough, tough draw. Like I, I didn't even think about fishing this one. Me neither. Um, I'd like to maybe in the future, but uh, maybe if it was in like two weeks earlier. They always do it right in the middle of July it. up here, though. And so yeah, it makes it where if you're not a Walker Bay fisherman, you're not going to win this thing. I would, I would definitely agree with that. You're not going to win it on the main lake. I don't think you're going to win a CPR tournament on the main lake. No, nope. you you'll win a weigh-in tournament on the main lake, yep. but you won't a CPR tournament. Like the potential is just not. It's just not really there. I don't think. You know, I mean the. Yes, so we're not saying there's a 0% chance that you're going to win if you go fish the main lake. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying, but... Part of it has to do with the way the 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 scale is weighted, too. So, like, you could go catch five 27s on the main lake, mm-hmm. but the difference in weight between a 27 and a 28.5 or a 29 on the CPR scale is pretty significant. It is. So the if they if those guys who fish Walker Bay can catch a couple twenty eights or twenty eight and a twenty nine and then and then twenty sixes, yep. they're gonna beat the guys who could go and catch twenty seven twenty sixes and twenty sevens on yep. the main lake. Like yep. you those couple inches at the top end make a big difference on that scale. And you're not gonna get a twenty nine on the main lake very often. No nope. and definitely not in July. <laughs> so I looked at the stats both days close to 20% of the field blanked both days mm-hmm. didn't weigh a fish and then they don't do a breakdown of how many fish were caught but a, I think a huge number of teams caught one yep. like looking at the weights you could three pounds five pounds yeah yep. um, so I just don't think there were that many fish caught but the winners smash <laughs> right 40, they absolutely smash 40 pounds both days I think right 38 by a local guy, by a guy who lives a mile yeah, down the road down the from road. you. <laughs> just the funniest post-tournament interview I've ever seen. <laughs> Real humble guys. Uh, yeah, we're bass. In a, I'm a bass, in a bass boat. They killed off half their minnows. Had, <laughs> Had a, a trolling motor. Trolling motor problem. <laughs> Electronics that wouldn't work. <laughs> just, a, just an S show. And then at the end, the guy was just like, I just felt like we had a pretty good idea where the big ones were. <laughs> Like, I guess, dude. Right. Uh, you just cashed nine grand for that. And then hometown hero uh, Chuck Hasse won the second day. Sixth place the first day uh, and won the second Way day. to go, Chuck. Chuck and Randy. Um, pretty That's a heck great. of a team. Yeah. They won the championship out in North Dakota last year. Yep. What a, what a great team. Yeah. They do a real good job. And uh, I, I think there's almost more pressure when it's your home lake, you know. Certainly. To to do well and fun to see those guys do well. Yeah. They're they're just also real humble about it too. Yeah. You know, they, I saw a post saying like nine days out of ten these guys beat us, but we it was just our day, and that's a little humble. I think they yep. they put together a real good good game plan. Right. I wonder if they got a pretty good cool story like, oh yeah, we found them at the end of day one, and then we really caught them on day two. Mm, you know? Sure. Yeah. That would be sweet. Like to hear about that. And then I talked to a couple of the main lake guys, the, um, and they, they just said the main lake was slower than they've ever seen it. Uh, they just could not get, could not get fish to bite. And they, uh, the guy I talked to, Phil Peterson from the Pikedale crew, uh, he was real confident that they were on the right type of fish and could not get them to bite. He did pretty well in that last year. Yeah. Yep. And he caught some fish. Um, I think he caught 17, 12 pounds first day, 10 pounds second day, something like that. So, um, yeah. He had some bites. Yep. Just a good, if you if you think about what Will and I have said about the main lake of Leech over the years, and then you've got 100 real, real good anglers, and 20% of them are blanking, 
Um, two days in mid-July gives you an idea of exactly what happens to that lake. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. tough fishing. And what makes it so tough? Like, do they have just so much space and so much food that they can just go anywhere? And since there's no thermocline, there's just oxygen all over the place, so they just do what they want? Maybe. I don't know. Talk about freedom. Right. It's a lot of acreage to, when you can go anywhere. You know what, man? Stop it. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go eat over here because I can. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no. Pretty pretty awesome, though. I, I'm super proud of Nate for winning and Chuck for winning. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah. Um, should we take a break? Yes. All right. This episode of Wally Talk is brought to you by the One Stop in Longville. Uh, it's crankbait season in the Longville area, and One Stop Longville's got everything you need for trolling crankbaits, uh, including crankbaits. Pretty important part. Uh, crankbait snaps, uh, trolling rods, uh, line counter reels, braid line, uh, in, and including, we've got like these nets that extend out to like 16 feet or 12 feet or something like that, which is important when you're trying to get some of them skippers off the surface. So keep that in mind. If you want to get set up uh, for pulling crankbaits this season, just stop into the one stop. Uh, find yourself some crankbait stuff. So we thought about this when we were we were talking after we fished leech that one day yeah and it's it's not necessarily the most orthodox way that we've i mean to approach walleye fishing but it it seems to be working especially for us this last month really last couple weeks anyway Mm -hmm. um i think we've touched on it a little bit but we should bring it more to light yeah trying to formalize this attitude and I think it is probably, it's maybe us uh, evolving or progressing as guys. I bet if you talk to some old timers, they'd be like, yeah, dude, you haven't been doing that in July. <laughs> 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 and it's just the the nickel and dime approach to to a successful outcome at the end of a four hour, four or eight hour trip on the water. Right. Which is not that you're going to land on the right school or the right presentation, and figure them out and catch them all. It's the opposite of what we do Memorial Weekend. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it, where you're really looking for... A big school of fish that's going to eat a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's uh, embracing the fact that even when a spot is giving you a little sign of hope, whether that's the graph being really busy or you catch one right away, uh, yeah. that does not mean that that's where you should be spending the next hour or two of your trip. It's maybe the next half hour of your trip. At and, and most, a lot of times. And then you should be going and trying to find another, another one. one. So for, for us, because we have the luxury of getting to spend a lot of time on these lakes, um, we have... We have I usually feel pretty confident confident about finding fish on in a half day on leech or most of our smallers, smaller lakes, four or five spots. To see them, hear our walleyes. Yep. Yep. Not ruling out the weeds, ruling out the weed game we play. Yep. Looking at hard bottom stuff, graphing fish, feeling confident that they're walleyes. Four or five spots and trying to get a fish or two to bite on those four or five spots. Right. And then it's just like ripping through your different ways of getting them to bite. And being, so what's nice for us is, uh, like I have enough rods where I don't retie, I just change rods. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want wanted to go to that approach, well, number one, it's way easier uh, than retying everything. Yeah. And it's way more efficient. And... Uh, the big thing is just the time. If somebody's going to pay me for my time, I want to be, I, you know, it's like ha- paying for a lawyer and having them tell jokes. <laughs> that would drive me nuts. Right? Yeah. I, you're paying me a bunch of money. I don't want to hear you say. It's the same thing about taking rods out of people's hands to tie something else up. Mm-hmm. Um, so to go, you, especially this time of year, you got to go through the progressions. And, I mean, I, 
I don't think I need, I've talked about this last two, three weeks, about going through, like, rigging, and then if that doesn't work, spinners, and then jig wraps, or whatever, you know, you got to try it all on every school of fish, mm-hmm. and I, really, I give them two passes, and then I change. Yeah. And then we do two passes and change. Six passes total over a school of fi- a tightly schooled school of fish is what I do. And then on to the next one. On to the next spot. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm, and a lot of that for us, and this goes for the weekend folks, is having, having a, um, approach one, two, three, and maybe four ready to go in the morning before you get out there. And for me, I, I even, I mean, the rod storage is great in my boat, but I have, like, the best two, you know, approach one and two are in the easiest spots to grab. Approach three is in the in the center rod locker, and then approach four is is tucked away a little bit, you know. Side side locker. Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to do that efficiently. I was thinking about this because on a half day, realistically, if if I've really got my, if I know the lake well for that time of year, you're still dealing with a half hour of drive time at least. Right. Oh yeah. And that's so out of a four-hour trip, that's an eighth of your trip is already spent with me driving, looking for fish, and that's n- completely necessary. I can't sacrifice any of the drive time. Right. And in fact, it's often more, you know. And it, yeah, th- that's like a balancing act, right? Like how much can you drive and and look at at water before you get? Because even if I drive and see some fish. I often take a couple more minutes to drive a little bit more and yeah. see exactly, try to get a good picture in my head of where they're, what part of the spot they're using and how we're going to approach it. And, and you might stumble on another school while you're doing it. Right, yeah. And then this is just reinforcing your point that I don't want to tie knots. I really want to be able to essentially hand people, like have them reel up and hand them another rod that's baited for another presentation and, and be back in the water in, in a minute or two, you know. Um, and then, yeah, you, you, you are just trying to, you're not going to solve the day with one approach. You get a fish on a rig and a crawler. Doesn't on mean spot. they're only going to eat right. rig and a crawler. Right. You get that on spot number one. Maybe you hit one with the jig wrap on spot number two. Pull spinners on spot number three. Fish bobbers or drag jigs on spot number four. And if you, a, a bite, two bites on each spot, is that's a eight, eight or ten fish day. And we're talking about July here. Right, that that would be great. And re- realistically, it's that you get a bite or no bites on... Per spot. Per spot. And feel real thankful. And what, I, what I'm what i always battling with, especially when you get fish number two off of a spot, is like, it's kind of good news and it's kind of bad news. Now we've just sucked ourselves in for another at least 20 right, minutes. Right, right. I, I had that happen the other day where we, we caught our second fish and I still wanted to leave. Even though we just caught one, I was like, God, I think I should leave, but I can't get myself to tell to like look a customer in the eye and say, like, I know we this just got a walleye. To leave. Yeah. So we did another pass and then we left. But that's how I would be running around. And I wouldn't necessarily even call it running and gunning. No. It's it's cause it's not. I mean you soak them for the bite. Because a lot of times, even though you, you go over them three or four times before you get one to bite. And yeah. it's the same school of fish probably going over the same individual. Right. And finally, it, it get, you get them to bite. Yeah. I would, I've been talking with customers a lot the last couple of days. I've had uh, quite a few pretty solid anglers um, in the boat the last couple of days. And we, so we talk, talk fishing while we're fishing, you know. Uh, like this morning, I was fishing with a guy. His name's Jason Murray, very good walleye angler. Out, like that, he made that pretty clear right away. But we were talking about little bite windows within a day. So, like, it's it's an oversimplification to say like this is a fishy day. This is not a fishy day in July. So we were having we were getting a fish or two. You know, it was feeling all right. And then like the wind picked up just a little bit. And it, it, it just, like, started to feel a little bit fishier. Yep. And I mentioned that, like, this might be it. This might be our little window. And we were on a couple fish at the time, but not a good pod. So I went back to spot number one thinking, like, these fish are going to go now. Yep. And his rig, like, hit hit the ground and he got bit right away. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is it. Yes. Right. 
and then that was the only one that bit out of there. But there are, I think there are little windows related to weather and wind that uh, if you can try to time that right, make sure you're on your good spots when, when you get a little... When it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying to save them, but just make sure that if you have left that spot because they weren't biting, yeah, go back. Right. Nobody says you, you can't go back. Yeah, and I would not just go right back. Like, if the screen looks really good, and you're like, God, they're not, I just can't get them to go, but then something changes in the weather, maybe you got a little front coming in, maybe it starts to, to spit up. a little bit yeah. or cloud up, right back to them. I think you'll get one to bite doing that. Maybe not all of them, but... Right. God, that was that was great, Dan. I like that stuff. That I like was the, great. The philosophical stuff. <sighs> it's just work, man. It's a job. <laughs> it's a fun job, though. Yeah, I don't think you'd rather be doing anything else. No. Um, you want to talk a little bit about other species besides zewalis? Yeah, yeah. This is the time of year to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sure, everyone wants to dream of, oh, yes, we're, we're just whaling on walleyes, but we can't all eat, live in Green Bay, you know? Right. We can't all fish Green Bay all the time. So we've got to deal with a little bit slower walleye fishing, but a lot of other different species of fish go nuts right now. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do the panfish trips. Yep. They're, they're, and I think that simply comes down to the fact that they're more comfortable in warm water. They like being warm. Yep. They're the, like, brittle old ladies of the, of the fish world. <laughs> <laughs> Putting a sweater on when it's 80 degrees yeah, right? outside. Oh, I better, I'm turning the air conditioning down <laughs> to 77 now. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of pan fishing. We t- primarily target uh, the weeds for that. And uh, eelgrass and cabbage, pitching little jigs with live bait. I know a lot of guys pull spinners over that same stuff and catch them. It's That's what we'll the reason... Doing. So the only reason I pull do the jig thing uh, is because you taught me how to do it, and it's way more fun than pulling a stupid spinner. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's a little more skill involved, you know, and I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. But I don't know, sixteenth uh, ounce jigs mostly, mm-hmm. monofilament line. Although I have been throwing that nano fill rod out there. Uh, the issue I run into is if you get hung up in the weeds when you're using braid, none of them come off. Mm. You, you pull them all in all the time. Ah, uh, sure. So, but it works fine. It's an awesome rod. Super fun. Super fun. And then the musky deal is another popular, popular thing uh, this time of year. I was supposed to have a musky trip tonight and opted out of it uh, with understanding customers that a lot of, a lot of my colleagues or peers who do, who chase them a lot are are ducking out of the musky trips because of the warm water and hey a lot i mean that's mostly for the longevity of the species yeah it, it, the reason that they that they're not doing it is because these fish die mm-hmm. they just they they get too much stress uh too much energy is used for that fish to come into the boat uh, and they will. They just don't recover because their metabolisms are so high. They require so much oxygen. They they just suffocate. Yeah. And uh, eighty degrees has been. If you're if you follow any, if you're into the fishing social media world, you've you've observed this that a lot of guys are saying eighty degrees don't fish or don't fish muskies, and. The takeaway, I agree with the takeaway that like warm water, maybe there is a certain tipping point where you should not be fishing for them. And people have chosen 80 degrees to be that. It's a nice number. Right. Uh, Aaron Weeb had a funny meme about how like 79.9, totally okay. 80 <laughs> degrees, no way. Which obviously it's a little bit more complicated than that. And honestly for me, like what broke it for me was I talked with Steve Nosbish about it. Uh, he's a buddy of ours who does a lot of musky fishing, has a lot of experience catching and handling muskies. So part of the reason I ducked out of mine is that I think guys who know how to handle fish correctly and have a lot of experience doing it and doing you know net releases, never having the fish come out of the water, those guys could probably do it okay. 
but I don't have enough of that experience, you know, like I try real hard to take care of the fish when I, when I do mm -hmm. have one. And, uh, I think I do pretty good, but under these conditions, I think you should be like real, real confident in your fish handling skills. Right. And if you're at that point, more power to you. I trust that you're going to take care of the fish as best you can. For me, I just felt like I'm not the guy to be doing this right now. And so I, and my customer was very understanding. I also told him, feel free to go. I'm not preaching. You can go musky fishing. Personally, calling this my profession, I, I don't feel right. I'm not going to be a part of that. Right. Right. On this We're particular day. Not problems. Right. And it could change in, it could change in two days. It could change tomorrow morning. Right. Right. And I was boxing with schedule wise, like this was the only time I was going to be able to take them. So. They were they were fine with it. That'll change though. We'll we'll get back to a more a more normal for sure time soon. For sure. Um, anything else on that? I don't think so. I'm sure there's guys catching bass. I feel like smallmouth are overlapping with our walleyes a little bit more. You starting to catch a few more? Yeah. LMBs, the four pounders Ooh, yeah. are going. Four real pounders good. are going bananas. Caught a bazillion of them yesterday. Yep. Yeah, we had a, like a 14 inch four pounder. <laughs> Yeah, and he was pretty proud of that. I'll give a quick shout-out to, uh, or just a pitch for Andy Jorgensen. He's our, like, local bass fishing guide, and he's been holding out on uh, guiding for for a, for a couple of reasons at the beginning of the season, but he's rip-roaring ready to go. So if you're a, a bass, like, you want to target and figure out how to catch four-pounders or smallmouth, Andy Jorgensen, I think, is your guy for the local Longville lakes. For in, sure. Including Leech Lake. Uh, for sure. And very much a like educator. Like he wants to talk fishing with his customers. He doesn't want to just catch He catch loves a the bunch. scientific aspect yeah, of it. Yep. Just to hear that guy go off on stuff is like, well, man, you've thought about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and he also is a real big clam bed lover. Yes. And he gives us a little credit for I know turning it. him on to it. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. He's got a sweet new boat. Have you seen it? I did see it, yeah. Oof. Looks good. Thing is awesome. Yep. Much better hair than you and I, too. Much. Yep. Much. <laughs> uh, one more break? Let's do it. This week's episode of Walleye Talk is brought to you by Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. If you're planning on fishing live bait, got to stop in. We've got hand-sorted crawlers and leeches, some of the best big minnows around. They just got a good order of red tails and creek chubs in. If live bait is on your agenda, stop in at Full Stringer Bait and Tackle. What are you doing this week, Wilbur? Uh, well, you want the honest truth, might be having a baby. <laughs> Like, that's coming really quick. Any like, day it, now. It could happen any you're, day. You're to the any day now. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Like, I'm not pulling my hair out or anything or, you know, not stressing about that at all. But <laughs> I'm going to do some fishing. Uh, not tomorrow. Got uh, got the weather's rolling in. Uh, but it, it looks like Thursday, Friday, I'm going to be fishing if we're not having a baby. So pretty sweet. Going to be doing the fish catching thing. Uh, but I also want to incorporate, you know, I, I want to do a half and half. You know, right. I want to go out and pull some rigs right away. Yep. Well, actually, for me, it'd be at the end. I want to pull some rigs at the end, and I want to do the weed line thing right away. Because, I don't know, I don't want to deal with the with what you had the other day. Sure. I don't like that at all. And I think the best way for me to do that is fish some weeds and then say hi to baby Graham. Hi, baby, buddy. Baby Graham's here. He just woke up from a nap. Oh, he's so happy. Hi, kiddo. What is that? Is that Jack Daniels in your hand? <laughs> just kidding. Hi, buddy. Um, anyway, we were talking fishing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I've got planned. Going to fish the little lakes. Going to stay off leech. Gotcha. How about you? Um, I have a couple fish catching trips tomorrow. And... Then one more on Wednesday, and then I'm going to Lake Vermilion for a couple days. What are you going to do up there? Well, my buddy Matt is uh, getting married, and uh, a couple of us are going to go up there and uh, go try to catch a bunch of fish on Lake Vermilion. I've, I've fished it once in the fall, like, I think 10 years ago, 
So really? I'm, I'm real excited. I'm going to tow my boat. Lee's bringing his boat. We'll have a couple 2090s <laughs> running around there. And uh, I think it could be a good time. So we're going to do a little bit of musky fishing, a little bit of walleye fishing, a little bit of talking smart. <laughs> Solving the world's problems. <laughs> Boy, I'm oh, sure man. some great ideas have came from that. I think it's going to be great. I'm real excited. And hopefully you learn Are some you guys renting a cabin? or? Uh, we have a houseboat. A houseboat that we're going to park at a campsite and then uh, go fishing. Pretty awesome. I think it's going to be fun. Pretty awesome. Uh, good, good. Uh, like, I feel like we've really nailed. This is one of our last group of core friends from way back that uh, Matt held out the longest. So trying to do the last one. Get him married right. off. Yep. Get him married off and do a good bachelor party. I was one of the first ones. I was the first one. And they... When I was getting married, they, like, kidnapped me and took me to Montana, took me to the mountains, and we went trout really? fishing. Yeah. Uh, called my boss and got me cleared from work for, like, a week, and I didn't even know about it. They just showed up at, this is when I was working at uh, Patrick's in Longville. They just called Patrick's, talking to my buddy Matt. He's like, hey, you need to be in Mankato tomorrow. We're going to Montana. Uh, your boss already knows. Pretty sweet my first batch. goodness. Yep. So we're going to bookend it with another pretty cool one. Wow. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> um, if I was fishing the Longville area and I wanted to catch walleye, I would get up early in the morning and try to catch one before 8 o'clock. And then I'd be out there uh, at 8 o'clock at night and fish till 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Or just fish the weeds and be happy with every bite that you get. Right. And a couple of them will probably be walleye bites anyway. Just got to not care so much. That happened to me yesterday on a little lake. Had no interest in catching a walleye. And two of the first five fish in the boat were walleyes. <laughs> on a non-traditional walleye For sure, lake. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty sweet. Yep. The nice thing about these lakes around here is they're so productive for a lot of species so yeah you can go out there and you can get yourself a fish fry really really easy mm-hmm. so just don't be so picky right um just have a good sharp fillet knife saw guy series saw guy series you're up all right so story time my saw guy series is well my best friend mark pordak this dude's a wild animal. All right, <laughs> this guy was actually my R my RA back in college, my first year of college, and like I knew he liked to fish. I, I liked to fish, but he was also kind of like head of the household, you know. Sure. So I was like, you know, I like this guy, but I'm gonna keep my distance, <laughs> right? Because I didn't want this guy to, you know, get me in trouble or anything. So I don't know. It was our second year of college. We actually have the same birthday. No way. Yeah. He was born in 91, I was born in 92. Gotcha. 10, 12, 91, 10, 12, 92. And actually, his wife has the same birthday as we do. Wow. Except she's, oh, I want to say her. She's it's 10, 12. We'll just sure. say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all three of us have the same birthday. Anyway. So it was like a couple years after like that, we were musky fishing on Leech Lake. And all of a sudden, he sees something. He's like, well, I'm going to cast at it. <laughs> And he starts whining. He's like, oh, I caught it. Well, here he caught this rotten eel pout. <laughs> I was like, Mark, what are you doing? He's like, well, I just, I had to see what it was. Well, I was pretty impressed that, you know, he could cast it. You know, it's probably 30 yards away. Cast it out there, wound it in, caught this thing floating. And it was rank. And it was, like, decomposed. And it was an eel pout in the middle of summer. So already, it's already gross, if, even if it's alive. Well, here he caught this stinky thing, and he brought it in the boat. I was like, get that out of here. What are you doing? Well, then we went down to Pool 4 a couple of years later, and was, there's these gizzard shads or whatever. Yeah. We snagged one of them, too, and that sucker, you thought that eel pout stayed. Well, it's freaking gizzard shad that sucker stunk to high heaven <laughs> yeah so he's just the stinkiest fish snagger ever <laughs> oh uh, we love you mark sometimes sometimes you don't smell bad <laughs> golly just a snagging machine see does he know that he has this like trend or well, habit it's, a, it's more of a talent 
Oh, he yeah. thinks of it as a talent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just ask him. Oh, yeah, I remember when he snagged it. Right. Yeah, whatever, Mark. That's... I, I do think Mark is a guy who, like, if he trips while he's walking, he talks about how good he was at tripping over something. He, well, you know, catching like, his balance. Right, right. Yeah. Like, most people would have fallen over right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, he's a good luck charm, though. I've caught a lot of muskies with him. He's had to net a lot of my muskies. I think he's a pretty fishy guy, man. Uh, regardless of the species he chooses to catch. <laughs> so I went with fishing with him. The last time we went fishing together was like a few weeks ago. And he's got a tournament on a woman because so, uh, he, he's a big bass fisherman. Mm-hmm. He's got a, a tournament out there. So he was like, oh, let's get familiar with I want to get familiar with this. So we went smallmouth fishing. And first fish I caught while I was with him, like a four-pound, seven-ounce smallmouth. Nice. Oh, then I turned smallmouth guide. I told him exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly what was going on here. You know, fishing the tops of these boulders. You know, the bigger the boulders, the bigger the smallmouth. <laughs> Boy, I taught him everything he knows. But I didn't touch, teach him everything I know. But I taught him everything he knows. Uh, Pretty awesome. You had one last thing you wanted to do to send us off here. Yeah, so... You know, we haven't done this this, you know, this year, and, and it doesn't happen enough in this world. Like, so I wanted to thank not only uh, – well, I wanted to thank everybody for listening. Uh, I want to thank you for you know, taking part in what we're doing here. Thank you for purchasing shirts. Uh, and if you want to support us, please support the people who support us, uh, the businesses that support us. Support the One Stop, please. Uh, support – Full Stringer, full support, uh, Woman Lake Lodge, the Muskie House. And we want to especially thank those business owners for supporting us. Um, it, it's not possible without you, and we'd like to continue this. So. Right. And, and Portadoc, of and course. And Portadoc, Portadoc, especially. Portadoc really, uh, like, they're, they're a, a, big, a big sponsor of ours, and they really gave us sort of the momentum to keep this going. Like, Thinking about what, what we're doing right now, I've got uh, a wonderful wife and a baby uh, just 10 yards away from us right now, So, and you've got a, a wonderful wife and a baby on the way. She's meaner than heck, but I love her. <laughs> and uh, it to justify to take time out of every week to do this, which we, we really love doing this, uh, it takes the support of our families and, and the support of those businesses to justify doing it. So thanks to those businesses and to those of you who listen. Um, Right now, we're planning on doing just our weekly podcast thing. Uh, if you're listening, though, you do know that Will's life is a little up in the air with a baby on the way. So um, we're hoping to, to keep it running smoothly, but I imagine and hope that you all would be understanding if, uh, if things get turned a little sideways over the next couple weeks. If that happens, it's going to be all good news, dude. It's going to be the best thing ever. Yep, second best uh Second best walleye fisherman in the in the area, getting born behind a Grammy over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you for everything, and thank you, Dan. Thank this you, is Wilbur. impossible without you. You do all the work here. I just show up and provide some comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. Some idiocracy. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're we're hoping to we'll we'll see you next week. We sure hope we'll see you next week. If not, we'll have a good reason not to. <laughs> uh, this right. is while I talk. I'm Dan. I'm Will. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>